Blog Talk Radio. Yo, we're here. It's Nate, it's Tim. No intro song because we don't have a fucking clue what we're talking about today. We uh, got a little thrown off on the time yesterday, so today we've decided to continue our podcast about nothing. And we hope you guys enjoy. What's up, the president, Tim? The president has taken two hours out of his busy schedule to entertain the masses. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. President. Good afternoon to you loyal subjects. <laughs> that would be, be about Donald's fucking speed, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, fuck it, I don't know what to call to you. That. Loyal subject will do. Loyal subjects. We'll, we'll go with that one. Uh, loyal subjects sounds like a winner. We have the best loyal subjects. The best. We have the best. We're the best at everything. The best going to be magnificent going to be the best ever yes if you have but to ask not questions as good. you don't already know yeah, but not as good as i must say i was just as i we talked briefly off air um i just yes. was listening back to the tim and tom show um tell me your own horse. well but where <laughs> else are you going to hear uh somebody suggest that first off they should remake the blade movie but Paul Rubens should star as Blade. <laughs> with with um, Gilbert Gottfried in the Chris Christopherson role. You know, as the <laughs> aging mentor of Blade. That's what we came up with. Followed by Nate Bush. Gilbert Gottfried. In his starring, in his, in his starring role in the Michael Jackson story as Michael Jackson. <laughs> Complete, complete with me attempting to hit the high-pitched dulcet tones of Michael Jackson and the great Tom Robinson doing your, or what has become, at least in the inner circle, known as your go-to line. I go to. Here's the thing. Here's Here's the thing. thing. And uh, something about uh, it being, it's a scary midnight, but somehow Tom managed to do that. With an accent, I'm not sure how because I can't do it. It's, it's it's impressive. I'll give him credit. But it was fucking hilarious. Followed by a line that will go down in wide man can't jump history. Autumn, I lost one of my gloves. Where the hell's my glove? <laughs> You're just oh, not gonna goodness. hear comedy like that anywhere else. No, you can't find well, that maybe today. Except maybe today, where where we could hit those comedic heights, which we can never be sure. Maybe. But so check maybe. that out, Tim and Tom show, forty minute mark. Check it out. You'll laugh or go <laughs> fucking. These two guys are fucking totally insane and never listen again. Right in the maybe middle of a, what's supposed. To, yeah, what's supposed to be a, a political show? Right in the middle of a political show, we bust out the shticks because it's what we do. Hilarious. Oh, I also have some breaking news on the Tom Robinson front. Oh, okay. Uh, Tom has in fact uh, given up his belly dancing career. Apparently, he just That's doesn't have the abs for it. Yeah, he doesn't have the abs for it. Apparently, after much, even after all that hard work, but uh, he has now announced through his publicist that uh, he is going to be doing an album with rapper Ti, and they're <laughs> going to form a new supergroup called Tit. <laughs> 
look for look for that on uh, iTunes. <laughs> Coming soon, huh? <laughs> Coming soon on iTunes. Tit. <laughs> I, I, I checked that out. I don't, on I don't iTunes, even know what Ti looks like. Definitely not what I expected. That's going to be the album cover. There's going to be Ti's big face, then a microphone simulating a dick, and then Tom's face, <laughs> and it'll be tit. I, I think it could be big. I heard TR was. Uh, I heard he was going to cover the new, the uh, old Fleetwood Mac album Rumors. Uh, he was going to put that cover record out, and it was going to be called Tumors. So, <laughs> <laughs> then make sure you check that out at a record store near you. Without, without spilling what he's doing, what what his new career is going to be, you can go your yeah. own way. Is actually pretty pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I don't know, the don't chain kind of fits in, too, yeah, if you think about it. Don't stop also fits, too. So. Yeah, don't stop. <laughs> some are some good ones. Uh, if, he, if, he can, oh, if he can make Uh-oh. it the full... Yeah, what's what? that, Frank? Oh, shit, oh, Frank God. heard that. Oh, fuck. Frank, what? Frank has immediately sequestered himself in his room to work on the remake of uh, Don't Stop <laughs> by Tom Robinson. <laughs> oh, great. We got, we got the man from Flin Flon. The man from who, Flin Flon is back, ladies and gentlemen. He's oh, uh, goodness. finally spent all the royalty money off of the ballad of Nate Bush. So. Yeah. I'm glad he was able to oh, get him a four for four from Wendy's. That would have been about it. Well, you know, he, uh, no, no, no. We live in the land of uh, milk and honey up here. He got a oh, yeah. government grant to, he got a government grant to turn that into a, to a much music video. He got $50,000 and I think he filmed it on his iPod in three minutes. So, you know, he just took that money and, uh, invested it until the bats blew and Molson Canadian. Um, he, he's been fine. <laughs> Well, that sounds like something Frank would do. So, speaking of music, now that we we got kind yes. of indirectly towards uh, Fleetwood Mac and that sort of thing, yes. if Nate Bush has to pick, what's what's Nate Bush's uh, favorite? Not genre, but uh, does, does Nate Bush like the rocker? Does Nate Bush like um, the uh, adult con- the adult contemporary, or is, does Nate Bush like the uh, lover's lament of the ba- of the power ballad? When it comes down to to music, I, I kind of lean towards the. Um, I've always been a rock guy, but I won't say that I like all rock music because I don't. Because I think most modern rock music, especially everything now, that's uh, kind of a grunge ripoff, you know, your Nickelbacks and and such. I'm I'm not a fan of that. But when it comes to just rock music in general, most of the time I lean that way. Them are fighting words right there, mister. See, you like Nickelback? The, well, <laughs> see, but there's the difference. But no, yes, well, first of all, they're Canadian. They're from Alberta. So, of course, yeah, well, they I, need like, I like Nickelback. But they, but that's the difference between, like, your generation and mine. You consider that being a ripoff of grunge. And I yes. consider that a throwback to the 70s. I don't get a 70s vibe out of Nickelback, like, at all. Um, depends on what Nickelback you listen to. They they have tried to, especially recently. Their last, I will agree with you. Their last two albums have sucked donkey cock. They've been bad. 
as he tried to go more uh, what I would call grunge modern rock, and that's not their thing. And singing about uh, world politics and all this sort of stuff is not their not their not their stick and not their audience. They should stick to uh, singing you know, songs about beer and long lost love and all that. They do that a lot better, in my opinion. Man, just not a fan. Never was. You can't be a fan of uh, can't be a fan of everything. Yeah, I don't like Chad Kroger. I don't like Chad Kroger. Yeah, Chad Kroger can be a bit of a dick. He can be a bit of a Uh, dick. Personally, he's a dick. I've heard that from many people. So, no no argument there. uh, Never was a fan of him, so. See, but I feel that way about, like, the Nirvanas of the world. Where I hear this, this guy who becomes a becomes a, the, the biggest rock star in the world, at least for a year or two anyway, and then mm-hmm. mopes about, about uh, I don't want to be famous. <laughs> when the fuck did you ever become a rock star then, you idiot? <laughs> kind of seems a little silly. I don't, uh, I don't, I, I don't want to be in the spotlight. I just want to be left alone. Well, all right, but... You're in the wrong line of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of a strange career move there for a guy who just wanted to be left alone. Although perhaps knowing what we know now about mental health and those kinds of things, I'm going to guess uh, Mr. Cobain had some other issues that were um, maybe not quite as uh, rele- uh, not relevant uh, that were that people didn't realize. I mean, he obviously suffered from some type of depression, I'm going to guess. Yeah, it seemed that way. Um, he was not a happy camper. The drug use did not help. No, and, uh, I'm going to guess that one morning when he woke up not stoned and saw Courtney Love when he was sober and probably went, "Oh my God, what have I done?" That will that that will wake a man up. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I can't imagine the shock to the system there. Just I don't know if there's enough coke in the world to to hide from that, but. Uh, uh, yeah, but, but the reason I was going there was uh, I, I've noticed, uh, and I, I don't know if, because uh, I'm not really up on the modern scene anymore. i got to be honest. Um, okay. Most new music is just noise to me. Um, A lot of it, yes. Do Is there is there actually, does, does, the, does the power ballad even exist anymore? Mm, there's ballads, but it, it almost seems like no, I would say no, um, because everything now is so electric and and not um, it's not um, it's it's not musical instruments. Well, definitely, all, definitely the format all, of the power ballad would would have changed. Where yeah, it would start off where it would start I mean, off with you still you know, have some, you still have some people that do rock music that that write a slow song like of course Nickelback, uh, you know. Uh, and they wrote a lot of songs that sounded exactly the same. So, I mean, and they released them as kind of slow songs. But, I don't know, the power ballad itself has kind of played itself out, I suppose. I was never huge into power ballads. Uh, hair metal hair metal to me was okay, some of it. It just kind of got like everything else. It oversaturated itself and became but, too no, big. Yeah, no, no argument there. I, I agree. It got to where if you had long hair and could even remotely sing uh, you could make an album sort of uh, I would uh, I would relate it to uh, the late 90s early 2000s if you were a female singer uh, 
in country. Yeah. If you if yeah. you were even remotely pretty and had a, even a half decent voice, yeah, fuck it. What the hell? We'll take a shot. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll hit. That's the thing with the music industry. The the music industry is one of those things where if something works, let's let's just do it until beat it stops. Beat her to death. Let's beat. Yeah, uh, to, to, quote, to quote, to uh, quote, uh, he's a one man show performer, comedian, Bo Burnham. We'll keep beating this dead horse till it quits spitting out money. Well, uh, uh, that's how. Whenever we the money dries uh, up, when no quit. New kids in sync, ninety-eight degrees. Backstreet Boys, yeah, the, the boy band. Backstreet Boys. You can go back to the eighties. Well, it worked. The power but, I mean, we know all the power to them. It worked. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean hey, they're making money. I mean, I don't, I don't blame but them maybe, at all. They're, they're making. I don't know money. about ninety-eight degrees. I, I don't know if they did as well. But Backstreet, In Sync, New Kids, those guys are all millionaires or should be, and are very talented. Um. I, uh, I will give you that they can probably all sing. After that, I mean that I was their thing. Know. They had to be able to sing. That was that was all they had to do. They had to be able to sing. They had to look good and be able to sing. That was the requirement. And then we we of course can start to break that up into okay, um, at least one of them can sing because there was always kind of a lead guy. Um, yeah, like new kids had uh, what, whichever of the night boys it was. Nick Lachey? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, he's a that's a ninety-eight oh, degree. Oh, you mean uh, Don, Donnie Wahlberg? Donnie Wahlberg? No, one of the black-haired, one of the real pretty boys sang most of the lead. Oh, I, I don't know much. Two brothers in that, that on New Kids. Then for for Insync, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I imagine Timberlake was handling because uh, he actually can sing that kind of songs. The I don't know, but they, all that was that one guy that could sing, and the rest of them could all at least harmonize. You had to. The big argument with NSYNC was who was going to be the bigger star when NSYNC was over. Was it going to be Justin Timberlake or JC? And if you put your money on Justin Timberlake, you won. So oh, yeah. Not only that, he's he's married to a woman who has a smoking hot ass. And don't forget, he's actually very talented. He's a good actor. He's a good you know yeah, comedian. I would take him in the in the movies. I, I prefer him in the movies uh, as to a, a singer myself. But he's got some Although, good songs. You know, I think uh, the music industry for me, what what I find uh, humorous is, is if you could get people uh, alone, where they knew, okay, my my answer will never be heard by anybody else. Uh, do I actually like? Uh, fill in the blank, whatever it is. Uh, a lot of times the answer would be yes. Uh, I would never tell my coworkers or my male friends or my wife that I really kind of like Taylor Swift. But that that Taylor, that one Taylor Swift song, I kind of like it, and I sing along with it when I hear it in the car. And I hope I have the kids with me so I can turn it up a little bit without anybody really knowing it's, that I like it. That's how new kids. A lot of people my age would swear up and down, oh, fucking new kids or or Instinct or whoever, or new kids on the or uh, what was the other one, um, Backstreet Boys. Oh, I wouldn't give you a nickel to listen to the Backstreet Boys. And yet, surprisingly, for some reason, you know all their songs. Funny I, how I like works. the Backstreet Boys. I like the Backstreet Boys and Instinct. I'll be the first to tell you. Never listened to New Kids that much, but Backstreet Boys and Instinct. Uh, like new Kids is a little, um, little more serpy. For me, 
Uh, yeah. Backstreet Boys, they have. Uh, I, I particularly like. Um, what the hell is it called? Oh. Shit, now I can't remember the name of it. It's a little bit more of a serious. Oh, I, I want it that way. Oh, uh, ain't yeah. See, I don't mind that song for whatever reason. It's some, a good song. Somewhere in there, something about that song makes me tap my toe. I don't know what it is, but it does. So that one's on the list of acceptables. And yeah, I don't mind. Uh, uh, Larger than life's a good one. Um, the whole Millennium I album is really good. One. Is that the like same I, one I think Backstreet's back? No. That's Backstreet's hey, Back. I don't mind that uh, one Larger either. than life is that makes you larger than life. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I, all, right, all right. Okay, no, I, I got that. Yeah, no, those three, if they came on, I wouldn't ask that you turn them down or off. That'd be okay. I can I can take these three. Yeah, I mean, I the Backstreet Boys had all kinds of hits. And then that, that Millennium record that they put out was just huge. Sold so many See, copies. What? See, what I don't like about their music is, for me, there's no music. The music is a drum machine, uh, for the or yeah. maybe, or maybe a drummer, like a, a track, and that's and that's it. There's no, there's nothing else to it, and that's the part of it that I don't like. Yeah, you're not going to get a, a big emphasis on on the music part of things. Um, let me play a commercial here, quick, real Tim. We'll be right back. All right. Personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, all these things and more can be helped by New Law Office. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New, what is there to do if you're in an automobile accident? When car wrecks happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know that in West Virginia, we have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways. That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, call me, Stephen P. New. For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New will fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, and Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney. Stephen P. New, attorney at law, answers to your legal questions. I'm too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love, love's going to leave. WowFreeCam.com is the number one cam site on the internet, and they are our gracious sponsors, and we want to invite you to check them out over at WowFreeCam.com. Anything you could imagine and whatever you want is just one click away if you go to WowFreeCam.com. What's some of the things you could check out over on WowFreeCam.com? Motorboat? Play the motorboat? You motorboat son of a bitch, you old sailor, you. Or you could be into... Two chicks at the same time, man. Whatever it is that you're looking up for, WowFreeCam.com will leave you with one reaction and one reaction only. You won't want to miss out all the fun going on at WowFreeCam.com, so be sure to show them some love. 
go over. Hey, it's in the name. It's all free. Must be 18 or older to access the website, but make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun going on over at wowfreecam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. All right, we're back. I never left. <laughs> Sorry about that. I had a, a phone call come through, so I just went ahead and played some commercials. God damn that real life. Fuck that. Well, yeah. you got to answer your mom's phone call, so. Damn straight. <laughs> yeah, when your mom calls, about you, you but my mom, my mom will not be too pleased if I don't answer the phone when she calls. Yeah, same with mine, especially when she actually had something important to talk about. Well, and doubly so. Uh, anyway, what were we talking about? Backstreet Boys, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, blah. we were on uh, boy bands of the 90s. Yeah, boy bands of the 90s are definitely a, a phase that is, uh, I think, maybe short of the retro has probably come to an end, at least for the time being. Yeah, you, you see some of them occasionally. Uh, they they go well, on reunion like tours. A, you had a little shot of like One Direction gave it a go there for a bit, and they were yeah they were, they were successful. They were fairly big for a bit, but then they crashed and burned. And <clears throat> I don't know that uh, if if someone has taken up that the mantle of the boy band, they haven't made it into the national. Uh, uh, Psyche, like those other ones did, because I, I don't know what they are, so and you would hear about them somewhere. Be it the yeah, movies, or, you know, they did a soundtrack or they, they're something. They would they would seep into pop culture, and then that hasn't happened yet. So if there is one, I, I don't know what they would be. Yeah, it almost seems like the boy bands now all form just to put out an album or two, make a bunch of money, and then they all try a solo career. That seems to be the. Uh, it seems to be their end game. Well, the, eventually, like as uh, you know, a lot of groups find out it's uh, there's only so much spotlight, and uh, eventually, whether they like it or not, uh, the press will um, shine it on one more than the others at at some point. And yeah, they always seem to do to, that. I mean, yeah, that leads it, to bad just, feelings. It seems to be the. Uh, the way things go now. Uh, I mean, if you want to, you know, go and let's take a trip down uh, memory lane. I mean, that's happened even to, like, girl groups. Uh, specifically, one that really comes to mind is, well, two of them, actually, the Bangles and uh, the Go-Go's. Where, yeah, that, that's, uh, been two, a, uh, that's been a, a thing for singers, years. Yeah, where the two lead singers didn't really ask for the extra press. But because they're the lead singers... And because they turned out to be the two cuter of the of the bands, or at least in the popular culture, cuter anyway. You know, the band yeah. just became, uh, I can't even remember her name. Uh, uh, shit. The other one, the, the Go-Go's was Belinda Carlisle. Well, she became the, the face of the Go-Go's. It was Belinda Carlisle and the Go-Go's. Okay, well, the Go-Go's didn't, didn't care for that. And uh, the Bangles, I can't remember her name. Susanna Hoffs, that was her name. She was a little dark-haired thing, and it became nobody wanted to talk to the other girls in the band. They all wanted to talk to her because she was the face. She was in the videos. She was what, uh, you know, the public, when the public thought of the Bangles, they thought of her, right? 
And of course, yeah. that pisses off. That pisses off the other people, and then at some point, unless you're really a well-grounded person, you start to buy into that hype a little bit and go, well, you know, I, I am the singer, and so I'm the sound. I uh, am the look on the videos. Uh, maybe I don't need the band. Maybe I can be a successful solo artist. And I guess Belinda Carlisle didn't do too bad on her own. Susanna Hoff's never ever never made a go of it though. So it's not easy to do. It's it's uh, kind of a uh, you're taking a leap of faith and betting on yourself when you do that. So. Well, not exactly in a band, something that I would recommend. Yeah, in in a band, unless you play all five instruments, or four, or whatever, if you're a trio, whatever it is, unless you play them all, and you are the only songwriter and the only singer and all that, you're going to sound different. I mean, nobody wants to buy... Uh, Mick Jagger's a perfect example. People love the Rolling Stones. Nobody wants to hear Mick Jagger's solo stuff, or Keith Richards' solo album. Nobody cares. Same with Joe Perry from Aerosmith, you know? Yeah, so there's another one where he, I mean, he even left. uh, Him and, uh, I think I can't remember, either it was the guitar player or the drummer, one of the the two. The two of them actually left for a couple years in the 80s. And, I mean, Aerosmith wasn't doing much either, but but either they couldn't give away a record. Nobody cared. Who's who's Joe Perry again? (laughs) No, he's that guy who stands beside... You know, he's that guy that stands beside the guy we know. But nobody want to hear, uh, I mean, he went and uh, Steven Tyler put out a, like a country album here not that long ago. Nobody, you know, people just don't want to hear it. Play the hits, please. Yeah, it almost gets to the point where it's like, okay, how long is long enough in music to say, um, yeah, we're we've played enough. This is long enough. Now it's time to uh, we don't need to release anything new. Everybody's heard everything well, we've got. Now we can just tour and make a living off of our hit. I guess when you go on tour and and you still sell out and you haven't put out an album in ten years, <laughs> I guess I, I don't know. Like I mean, ACDC puts out albums and then they tour. They do. Might take them three. Or, might take them three or four years. Yeah. Okay. But what? Uh, I named two songs off the last album that they put out. Oh, Probably can't. Nobody cares. Yeah, well, I mean, you're <laughs> nah. not a big AC. I mean, you're not a big fan either. But I mean, I wouldn't. That would not be what got them, me. But... To, right, but that would not be what got you to buy a ticket to go see any more than Fleetwood Mac. If you were going to go see yeah. Fleetwood Mac, you're not going. You're not going to see them because they put out a new album. You're going to see them yeah, to hear the true. songs that you that you know. Now you may like the new album. But that's not your. That's not what's driving ticket sales. It's, you know, go here, don't stop, and Rihanna, and all them things. You know, all the whatever it was that you liked back when they were huge. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that's what sense. sells tickets. Um, and then Same too, with, uh... I guess, technology has made it able for them to for older bands to fudge with the sound if they have to. So that it can still sound decent. Um, well, that's the thing. Yeah, like, I, I don't know because vocal, to be honest, vocal, vocally, you can kind of you can lose it over the years. That's something, especially these these hard partying well, musicians. Yeah. They they lose it well, vocally, but yeah, when it comes to 
when but, it comes to musically and being able to play their instrument, most of these guys still have it. They can still rock. Well, what's your job? I mean, how? I mean, I don't know what your father did for a living, but I'm, unless you know, or most people anyway, whatever it was they did for a living, they could do till they retired. It wasn't suddenly that you couldn't, or, or that was the reason they retired, was because they couldn't do it anymore. But I mean, there are people I know that uh, I don't know. You know, a doctor's a doctor till he's seventy. Or until he's had enough, yeah. or you know, or whatever the case may be. I mean, as long as your brain, I guess, like for a musician, as long as arthritis doesn't get you, since you can still move your fingers, because it's pretty hard to play guitar or drum without uh, hands that are functioning pretty well. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, a lot of bands these days they don't. You know, it's not be, being on stage isn't hard. They just stand there. You know, they're not running around. They're or uh, you know the pyro the pyro has kind of left the the rock scene. There's not that much of that anymore. It's just lights, um, and the stages there. You know, back in the you're maybe not old enough to you weren't around when it was happening, but there was a time when you know the stage had to be bigger and bigger and bigger. And guys like uh, uh, Freddie Mercury or even uh, John Bon Jovi, the guy from ACDC, you know, they had to have an anchor and a half a stage to run around on because it was part of the performance. But yeah. now it's not because it's no. Oh, let's make the stage smaller so we can cram another. <laughs> we can maybe get another three, four hundred seats in that baby. <laughs> that's that's another ten thousand dollars. <laughs> it's the money drives that you know. Money drives yeah, everything money, now. Tours, money drives tours it, and then it just, don't forget the smaller the stage, the uh, better off you are when it comes to touring. You can play smaller venues. Yes, and sound is sound is better. Um, set up and tear down is easier. You know, you're not you know for every foot of less of stage, there's that much less footing of wiring and lighting and sound equipment and all the rest. And it, it's easier. You don't need as big a crew, saving more money. You know, uh, back in the 70s and 80s, touring, there was no money in that. You did it to sell albums, and now it's the other way around. Touring is where the money yeah. is. Albums is, well, if you get lucky and you sell some, uh, yippee, um, you might make some money on, uh, if you're a big enough artist, um, on digital sales. Uh, you know, if you're a Taylor Swift or a Beyonce or somebody like that, or a, you know Ed Sheeran or somebody like that, you, you make your, some money there. But money's in ticket sales where, I mean, I when I went to my first rock concert, was uh, and you actually would know probably these two groups, Loverboy and Brian Adams. Uh, I do. I know. I, I know me some Loverboy. Turn me loose and uh, working right. for the weekend. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's the first group I ever saw in a live setting. The ticket for that was eight dollars. Yeah, so I, I that can. Was nine, you know, I've heard. I've that heard was nineteen. Ticket prices have gotten 80. outrageous, of course. You know, that was nineteen eighty, but but still, it was eight dollars. You couldn't go see Loverboy right now, and they're washed up and 50, 60 years old. It would cost you 50 bucks to see them in a club easily because they got name recognition here still. Although, like I said, nationally and worldwide washed up. But, I mean, I saw, what the hell did they have coming here? I can't remember. It was some kind of rap group, though. And the tickets are $120. And I'm like, who in the fuck would? Pay? I wouldn't pay $120 to go see anybody. 
Uh, no comment. <laughs> no comment on that. But you're young. But you But you're younger. I mean, I would have. Thir- I mean, I did. I spent. Uh, I think I spent one hundred and fifty dollars to see Kiss uh, when they put back the makeup on and whatever that was, ninety six or ninety seven, something like that, just before the millennium. But I wouldn't do it now. It's just not enough there for not enough bang for the buck and going to the show is not what it used to be and it's more hassle now than it is fun but for you youngers yeah i mean if it's a group you really love and you may never get to see again you're nothing wrong with spending that money yeah i i I paid i paid about 120 dollars to see rush but of course that's you know bucket list band that's you know it's the band i've wanted to see since i was a kid so, you know, I, I didn't think twice about it. I just did it. I just uh, I just watched an interview not that long ago, about two days ago with the drummer, and it made Neil. me sad. It made me sad. Yeah. And I'm not a Rush fan. And it still made me sad to hear him say that I just, uh, uh, I'm fucking up. We had to quit because I'm fucking up way too much. I can't do it. <laughs> Could have fooled me. <laughs> uh, well... <laughs> He, uh, he, uh, well, his basic response was, uh, you know, in concert, it's loud enough, and everybody's having fun in that, and they just, you just don't hear it. It's there, but you just, you're oblivious to it, but he knows it's there. And he said in the studio, if you wanted me to go back in and re-record some of our old songs, and I had to play those parts again, you would be embarrassed for me, because I just can't do it. I'm just too old. I just cannot. My hands and arms will just not move to those places anymore. They just won't. So, And at least they were nice enough guys. And I'll give them credit for this because a lot of bands would have, and hopefully they don't succumb. They were nice enough to go, okay, you can't do it anymore. Fuck it. We're done. We don't need the money. Nobody needs to, well, to yeah, be Yeah, I mean, this. even they've admitted But, I mean, they've admitted, yeah, of, they've admitted they don't need to. They they do it to support the albums that they've released, because they released an album right up until the end. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure they, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure the guys in Rush like money. But Oh, yeah. I, a, lot, a lot of bands would have went, well, uh, our longtime drummer can't do this anymore, so we have replaced him with his best friend or his son or our friend from another super group you might recognize or whatever the case may be, and we're just going to continue on until nobody wants to see us anymore or we die. And I I applaud. I mean, it's one of the few things about, about Rush where I will applaud. I give them full marks for going, no, we're done. That's it. Enough. We don't want to do this with anybody else. Unlike most rock groups who, like I said, will just replace whoever. And Like I was appalled to hear that uh, Fleetwood Mac had uh, replaced... Uh, Lindsey Buckingham with uh, Tim Finn. I'm like, you yeah. can't be kidding me. Well, it's the same like, with ACDC replacing Brian Johnson with Axl Rose. That's black. Yeah, that don't work. In both directions. Not only should ACDC not have him, Guns N' Roses fans should be rolling over in their graves that he's got time to go do that for all the shitting he did on them over the last 15 or 20 years. You know, becoming the red well, blues. No, and, nobody should really panic because as long as Guns N' Roses isn't releasing music, I think we should all be happy about that. Well, 
I will I will argue somewhat that their first album was pretty groundbreaking. Whether you like it or not, it did go in a few places that hadn't hadn't been gone or hadn't been gone very well. Um, after that, though, they what I don't really know. They didn't really do anything else. Like I think yeah, Appetite probably. for Destruction's a I think Appetite for Destruction's a good, a good album, but I don't good I don't album. think it's the groundbreaking album that everyone thinks it is. Like I think it's good, but like to me, their best song is November Rain. And well, yeah, but it, I can't. It survived. I just grunge. can't stand Axl Rose. Yeah, it survived grunge though, and that's why it gets that label. Because it came out. What, yeah. I think eighty-eight. It came out before grunge. Uh, right, but, it was, but they it survived. Was it didn't the day, bury it was them. Supposedly, it was basically the the nail in the coffin of hair metal was what it was called, because it was different. Goddamn Nirvana, that bastard. It's a good thing he's dead. I'm killing myself. Uh, you know, I like Nirvana. Maybe I'm weird, but I like them. Well, no, see, but, but it's, a big, it's because it, it's no different than if you were um, 65 or 70 years old and grew up on 60s, you know, British Invasion and all that, and then hear hair bands and go, I don't like this shit. What is this shit? Because I mean that killed that did kill that genre off to some extent. And it's just this, I mean every generation has their their tunage. That's how it should be. Um, yeah. I don't really think you shouldn't be a big fan of you know what was relevant to me when I was twenty. Shouldn't be relevant to you when you were twenty if that's thirty years ago. You know, I mean that that just seems logical to me that um, just like what's popular now you don't like. Very much of, and I don't like it all because I can't. I don't understand it. I don't get where <laughs> the. Well, I, it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't speak to me. I, Trust you me, know, it doesn't do much for any, me either. You know, you put on any black dance music, and I go, okay. I mean, I all right. I see why you, uh, um, how you can dance to it, I guess. But this music was not written for me. Or aimed at me. I'm not the target audience of this. Um, I can't understand half of what they're saying, especially in rap mode. Um, and then again, I'm because I'm a product of the late '70s, early '80s. I want drums and guitars. And today's music doesn't have drums and guitars. And if it does, it's very much a background thing and I'm about that's to say, it. like most most uh most modern music now is not even about instruments it's about and, and this is what kills me is is people call it i love the beat oh i just love the beat that it has the beat I'm like no motherfucker you don't because i'm a drummer if i sat here and just played the beat you would hate it you would call it noise you would say where's everything else it's not the beat you like it's the melody it's the hook. The music that they make does have a hook. It has a hook. What to I would it. call the mix. And yeah, or the mix, or whatever. But it's not the beat that you like. It's got a good beat. Everything, well, almost everything that has music has a beat or a legitimately good beat. I can say here yeah, and go. If you stripped, 
if you took a see, I have a, a soundboard. That's a beat. And you know, took, it, it's uh, not. I don't know. What's a big song? It'll take a Justin Bieber song. If you were to take whatever music track is there, which isn't much of one, and were to bust it up into its individual tracks and play those tracks, you would be bored stiff. You would go, what is this? Because you would have on one and whatever the drum, you know, whatever it was, you'd have that. And that's pretty much it. There wouldn't be anything else there because there's no guitars. Um, there's no bass line. There's no rhythm guitar line because that isn't part of that music. Which, I mean, I guess if that's yeah, what you have like a, today, that's... You have a drum track and you have probably a click track to keep the drummer on beat. Other than that, it's... Uh, not all pretty, Let's, and plus each drum track is is uploaded at least nowadays is uploaded with each drum has each has an individual track in itself, no matter what yeah, it is. And, and on top of over, it, overheads. That wasn't laid down by a drummer either. That was just somebody sitting in front of a computer, hitting the button, and going, "Okay, I do I like that." You know, not unlike some of the uh, like my track for my show before you changed it. Was just me uh, hitting buttons on a record on a recording program. It wasn't me drumming or playing <laughs> it's, the guitar. It's now the official Tim. It's the official Tim and Tom song now. Right. I mean, that, but that that is all electronically done in a twenty minutes by me fucking around at a soundboard. I can't play a lick of music, and I would imagine that most that's how most stuff is recorded these days. Because they're not really musicians. They're just singers. Yeah. Yeah, and now most the, of them don't the even have part. to be able to sing. A lot of them don't even have and to be able to sing. They auto-tune the shit out of that. And, yeah, just auto-tune A everything. And music I mean, have you ever heard become... that, uh, that video of Britney Spears when she's in Vegas practicing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Somebody flips off. Somebody flips off the backtrack. And she's still singing, and it's holy Jesus! <laughs> somebody, somebody quit killing that cat. Well, <laughs> it's uh, it's become a thing now where not very good. appearance. It's all about appearance. Well, appearance her, is what matters. I mean, let's be honest. When when that video came out, I mean, she wasn't that old. But I looked at that video and went, "Where was that girl when I was in high school?" Because boy, would I like to, I like to <laughs> hit that one more time. You betcha. You know, I mean, let's be honest. And every boy under 25 looked at that thing and went, my God. I mean, it wasn't nobody cared what she was singing. No, we did. I must confess. (laughs) Yeah, you confess, you bitch. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what I mean. It of was course, all they stick her in a of, they stick her in a schoolgirl outfit with ponytail. Yeah, with, I mean, uh, it pigtail. was dripping Tell me, with sexuality and innuendo. I know there used to be a spoof video of it on um, uh, Mad TV where that fox is shot at Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I, don't know I love Mad and TV. It was, and it was uh, spank my baby back behind. And then she and then she sang <laughs> instead of oh baby baby it was oh daddy daddy because there had been some rumors running around that her that's why her father was no longer in the picture. There had been some. Um, accusations of uh, 
molestation back in the day, which mustn't have been true because her dad looks after her career now. So, or if they were true, she didn't have a problem with it. But anyway, yeah, you can find it if you if you type in like "baby back behind" in YouTube, it'll come up, and you'll laugh. Yeah. Oh, and it's you're funny gonna laugh, period, because Mad TV was great stuff, man. Mad TV was awesome. Oh, I didn't mind Mad TV. Well, I, did you I have used a favorite? To think it was a nice Before we get back to music. Let's just talk a little Mad TV. Did you have a favorite sketch or a favorite uh, anything like that? There were some good ones. I always got a kick out of anything that Nicole Sullivan and the black woman, whose name escapes me at the moment, uh, when they were in a skit together, it was usually pretty funny. And I don't know Man, what ever happened to Nicole Sullivan when I, she disappeared. But, I was um, a huge and, the, fan. and the kid who acted like he was retarded, Stuart, oh, Stewie? I think his name was. Stewie? Something like that. Stewie. That was a pretty funny bit. Stewie. <laughs> Stewie was funny. <laughs> My I liked, uh, I was a huge fan of Coach Hans. I thought Coach Hans was brilliant. I love Coach Hans. Do you remember Coach Hans? That's not ringing a bell with me. Uh, it was the really tall dude. He wore really short shorts. He was like a gym teacher, and he had a really big mustache. And I forget who played him. Oh my God! Hmm. Used to make I laughed my ass off at that. But I think yeah, my no, they, all-time favorite. Go ahead. Because they used to go uh, Saturday Night Live was was would make political jokes, but they were kind of the slapstick type of variety. Whereas Mad TV was not afraid to go into those uncomfortable spots to make a joke. Like that TV, that show could not exist on TV right now. There's no way. No, no, it couldn't. Um, well, the way one too that, another skit that I really liked was um, shit. Oh, it was um, Kenny Rogers when Will Sasso did his Kenny Rogers impression, and he was <laughs> Kenny Rogers, and he was Kenny Rogers on Jackass. Oh my God, I I still watch that on YouTube. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. Hi, I'm Kenny Rogers. <laughs> this is Jackass. <laughs> I always got so a kick funny. out of Kenny Rogers' uh, Psychic Friends Hotline. Psychic Friends Hotline was good, and then the Kenny Rogers <laughs> Ice Cream Parlor. Kenny's yeah, Ice Cream Parlor. Yeah, I love that idea. <laughs> Kenny Rogers. Hi, I'm Kenny uh, Rogers. See, but that's just, mm-hmm. that's I like just ice cream. Funny. You know, they they just went, said. okay, we're going to fucking, we're going to shit all over just, Kenny Rogers. And we're just going to do it. We don't care. He said Kenny Rogers, just like Mama used to make. Only now we use machines so Mama's arm don't get tired. I'm rude, 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 rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no, they were, so uh, <laughs> they, they weren't afraid to, you know, Saturday Night Live at some point during the career, that show would push the envelope. And then there was years when it just totally sucked. Mad TV, even when it sucked, they were at least trying to go places where other people wouldn't go. Kenny Rogers gets a testicular examination. You got to know when to hold them. (laughs) (laughs) Got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Yeah, which is pretty fucking funny if you'd be okay if you got to know Kenny Rogers for that to be funny. But I mean, I saw that. I know they had to. Kiss was on that show once or twice. Uh, 
and they they beat the shit out of Michael Jackson, which was funny to me anyway. Yeah, Mad TV. Yeah, uh, one of those things gone. Days gone by. Yeah, it was a, it was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah, um, I didn't mind that show. But anyway, you, you speak you speak of music again with Kiss. I know you're a big Kiss fan. Uh, I, I like am, Kiss. But, I'm not. I'm not the craziest I'm a big Kiss, Kiss fan, fan in the world. But I am not a buyer into the merchandise and that part of the Kiss empire. Um, I like the music of theirs that I like, I like. But I never bought into the whole, you know, the Kiss Army and all this. was Okay, that's nice, but you don't need my money for that. Thanks, anyway. And I'm not above saying Gene Simmons is a fucking money-hungry shill who would do anything if it made them a dollar. Like, they're not... Uh, uh, I'm not to the point where they can do no wrong and are uh, godlike figures in my life. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I always liked Kiss. I thought they got a bad rap for um, all the hate that they got for doing I Was Made for Loving You. I always thought that song was awesome, and they they caught so much shit well, over that song. I never understood it. Well, because their their fan base initially was, you know, 14 to 25-year-old men in 1975, 76, let's say. So by the time 1980 rolls around, those guys are, you know, 25 and 30, 20 to 35 maybe, something like that. And disco, well, disco's another thing where everybody, oh, fucking disco, that blows. And yet, you know, everybody knows the song. Everybody can sing all kinds of songs from the disco era. So it, it couldn't have been hated that much. It's just one of those guilty pleasures that uh, people don't like to admit that they actually liked. But it went against it went against their fan base. That was why they took such shit. As far as the song goes, yeah, I, I love the song. song either. It's catchy, but and it, that bass line, Gene, that's one of Gene's best bass lines, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I always thought that they were they were never given enough credit for their musicianship. Not that they're great, great musicians. But their singing and songwriting is actually not anywhere near as cheesy as what uh, people would have you believe, because they take shit for the makeup. You know, that, that puts them in a in a different place before you even hear anything. I could play very many songs off of very many Kiss albums, and you would go, who's that? And like, well, that's Kiss. Well, no, it's not. Well, yeah, no, it is. You just, this this stuff never, ever got to radio or popular culture because it got buried because it's on a Kiss album. Like, yeah, get, I mean. You, should, you, for instance, would probably love the Carnival of Souls album because it's a grunge album. I sounds can't say I've ever really like, listened to it. Oh, sounds nothing like uh, any Kiss music you'd ever hear. But now, of course, that's not what Kiss fans wanted to hear either, so that album quickly <laughs> had a, was taken out. That's, the shed that's and, one thing, and that's one thing I like ahead. about Rush, and that, that's why I like Rush fans, is Rush fans never cared that Rush tried new things. Whereas a lot of other fans, they want the same record come over and over and over. 
And that's where I'm like, you know what? Let the band try new things. Let them, you know, if they fall but, flat but on that was face, always, fine, but That was always their thing, though, was that they didn't sound the same, like even inside of their own albums. They they kind of will not travel widely, but they will travel a bit. Whereas if you put out, you know, there's never been an ACDC album that didn't sound like ACDC. Not one. Maybe you put, yeah, you put an ACDC that. album on and in, and in 10 seconds you can, hey, this is ACDC. I mean, you maybe don't know which song it is, but I can tell this is them. They got that same growly underbeat for every song. But, I mean, it worked for them, too, so you can't blame them for doing it. But Yeah, I get that. And they're about the only I band know. I can think of off the top of my head that doesn't have a ballad. Yeah, they really don't, name. unless you count the jack. I mean, the slowest really a song I can think of is the jack, and that's hardly a ballad. <laughs> Very much not I, a ballad. I yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. If they have one... It's buried somewhere on a record that I don't know about because I've never heard one. Neither have I. But then they're banned, you know, I don't know that they could even do one. That's the thing. The old joke is ACDC just plays the same four chords over and over again, just in different sessions. They do, but, um, you know, the the back argument of that is, one of the biggest, one of the biggest selling groups in the history of the world. So no, I'm not knocking know. them for it. I mean, they've made enough money I doing mean, it mu- musically. Okay, maybe not very challenging. Uh, you know, if that's what you're in, you know, if you're a, if you're a fan well, of for, you know, music, except for Angus's, except for Angus's guitar work, uh, he uh, he's quite the guitar player. Right, but there's nothing about it. There's nothing groundbreaking about it. He's good. No, I mean he, he's not I mean, changing he, the world with it, but he's damn good. You know, he never he never came up with you know tapping or you know something or Jimi Hendrix kind of stuff or whatever we might be talking about. But yeah, no, yeah. he's good, and I I would I would uh, say that a lot of guys could not run around and play like he does. Yeah, he's got a motor a certain on, amount man. he can go. Well, even he just, doesn't stop. even when he doesn't run, run, just moving around on stage and playing an instrument at the same time is not as easy as it looks. Oh, you're telling me, damn it! You know, uh, any more than like yeah, like I said, I mean, drumming. Okay, well, I know we uh, hear people right now. Well, how hard can it be? You're just moving your hands. Wow! Well, <laughs> no, you you're know, not. And your feet, and your feet, and your legs, and uh, you know what? Sit back there and give it a try for. Uh, go go go! Drum a high tempo song, a high tempo rock song. Give it a go. See what you're doing. Give the Ramones credit. Give those Ramones guys credit. They they went and they they played fast. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, being on stage for like the drummer for ACDC has got to be a, a machine because he's not getting any breaks back there. None. He's on. Uh, he's on what we like to call cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Might be because, like I said, you're not getting any. I mean, they don't have a whole lot of. Mind you, I don't. Uh, maybe the drumming's not terribly complicated. Best part no, that doesn't. That, just because it's not complicated doesn't mean you don't have to have stamina. But but you still. I mean, the beat is still there, so you still got to hammer them skins, one way or the other. So. 
Yeah, it's a, I think it's another one of those. It's it's like being a, a tradesman or anything like that. When you watch somebody do it, it doesn't look that, that hard. And the better they are at it, the easier it looks. But in reality, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, pick up a paintbrush. You know, you think painting the wall is easy? Well, you just, you know, you just put the roller in the tray and put the paint on the wall. How hard can it be? <laughs> go go give it a try. I'll pass. Go I know how a, hard painting Go the give wall it a try is. and then send me a picture of what your masterpiece wall looks like when you're done. And then yeah, we'll, I'll pass. We'll know how hard it how hard it really is. Yeah. Well, all those things are Been like there, that. done that. I'll pass. Thank you. You get you get better at those things by doing them lots and learning the secrets of not probably unlike musicianship where there are probably some uh, I can't even remember who that was. It was a drummer. And that was one of the ways he he rested during concerts. During his fills instead of instead of playing three notes during his fills, he would only play two. And nobody really noticed. But he sure did over the length of a concert that he was taking one less, you know. Well, you take uh, one less. You take one less hit, then you're uh, you're also times, doing times you know, times a hundred, you know, or whatever. Or whatever That's a hundred yeah. or forty or whatever less less beats you've played, and that that's a lot of energy. Well, I would say. No, it actually, is. Trust I, me. Actually, now that I think about it, it actually was. It's the guy was the guy from ACDC, the the yeah. second guy. They've had two drummers because he's like. Well, uh, they've had more than two. They've had. They've had a bunch. <laughs> they've had three. They had one, and then the other yeah, guy. The other two guys that. have. No, I, the the other guys have been in and out at least once or twice, though. Mm, Phil Rudd's been I, in that group I, at honestly, least dude, two or three I times. Honestly, think. I honestly think they've had more than two. Well, they've had Phil Rudd, Chris Slade for sure. Those are the two biggies. Yeah, those I know. And I think, and I think they had one more at. I want to say Simon Wright was his name. Mm, and that's the let only me ones look I know. Here. You look. Let me look I, here. I, I I can only think of three, unless they had one at the very beginning that uh, that was uh, replaced. Because I thought they changed drummers a lot. Well, except Phil Rudd has been in and out of the band at least two or three times. Well, he's, he's, he's in, in trouble jail now, I believe, got... isn't he? Uh, I don't know if he ever went to jail or not, but I think he was under house arrest at the very least. He got in some shit. I know that. Let's see here. Uh, well, Malcolm's dead. Let's see here. Colin Malcolm is dead. Ron Carpenter. Yeah. Noel Taylor. Uh, Tony Tony Carinti, Phil Rudd. I don't know. Uh, okay, but that, those are all those are and all Chris back Slade. before they ever did anything. Chris Slade. Yeah, Chris Slade. So is the, there's your uh, Chris Slade is the bald guy. Yeah. So yeah, here, Colin Burgess was the drummer from '73 to '74. Okay, Ron Carpenter, so Noel Taylor was '74. Then Peter Before Platt did was seventy-four to seventy-five. Then Tony Carinti was seventy-four to seventy-five on drums. Then Phil Jesus Rudd was Christ, seventy-five to eighty-three. A... Seventy-five to eighty-three in the ninety-four a... to twenty-fifteen. 
Then a different drummer every five minutes. And then Chris Slade was eighty nine to ninety four and twenty fifteen to now. So yeah. Because Phil Rudd is on the first uh I believe is on the first album. So those According other guys this, must have been uh, Colin Burgess was on Can I Sit Next to You Girl from nineteen seventy four. Ron Carpenter and Noel Taylor were only on live performances. Peter Clack played drums on High Voltage. Tony Carrenti played okay, on High Voltage, TNT, High, you see, High Voltage, TNT, 74 Jailbreak. Uh, jailbreak. Yeah, and Phil Rudd was on all ACDC releases from TNT to Flick of the Switch and from Ball Breaker to Rocker Bust. And Fly on the Wall, Who Made Who? And blow up your video with Simon Wright, and then Chris Blake was Razor's Edge live. Okay. And now I now I know why because none of those albums came out in North America. The first album that actually came out in North America was Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Okay. The other the first ones High Voltage and TNT were only released in Australia, and then were re-released in America after. After, after they, they got a big. Bit. Yeah, after they hit it a little bit. Um, okay, that makes sense. And most bands do, uh, when uh, when they first get a record deal, a lot of bands do go through some uh, membership changes because it turns out that somebody, while might be a decent musician, is not good enough in the recording area of things and needs to be replaced. Or they don't is, like traveling. Happens. A lot of groups have uh, have members or that don't somebody like to gives travel. up, yeah, and says I'm not doing this. Yeah, no, that's true too. So it just depends. All right, let, let me uh, let me ask you a question. This is uh, since we've been talking music this whole time. What is your who do you? Let's see. If we let, let's go ahead and let's be let's be a lame podcast and let's see if we can come up with a top five here. Does that sound fun? The top, the top five. five. Who would be uh, your top five? Be, I'm not going to say gonna best. Tough. I'm going to say your favorite. So not that's best, but be your tough. favorite guitar players. Mm. Top five favorite guitar, guitar players. Guitar players. Oh, boy. Um, uh, okay, number one is easy. That's Brian May from Queen. That's not even close. Uh, okay. Any man who Any man who builds his own guitar and builds it so well that 45 years later he's still playing the same fucking guitar and uh, it still works. He's a fucking mad genius in my book. And uh, I can't argue and that. Then, I mean, and then listen to a Queen album and that's really all you, it's pretty much all you need to know. Uh, uh, and, and could play anything. You know, Queen, Queen is not just a rock band. They do ballads, they do you know, crazy shit, Bohemian Rhapsody, all that stuff. Uh, can play it all. Can play all the genres. Uh, Post Queen went on tour with a fucking opera singer and played electric guitar to an opera singer. You know, not much the guy can't do. And he's an old man now and can still play the shit out of that thing. So, yeah, Brian May, number one. Uh, boy. After that, shit gets picky. Because I like the guitar. But I'm kind of one of those people that actually finds the rhythm guitar parts more pleasing than the solos a lot, if that makes sense. 
Because the rhythm guitar okay. is always the one that get that plays the guts. Like in ACDC, uh, I mean, uh, Departed Malcolm Young is the guy who's playing the green, the gutty, bassier parts of the guitar lines. Uh, during most of the songs, Angus really isn't doing that much until the solo comes. And then, of course, then he's going crazy. Sure. But 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 during the, the the driving parts of most songs is actually a rhythm guitar player if the band has one, which not all bands do. Um, that being said, um, oh boy, that's yeah, that's I'm in trouble. I'll let you because think. I like. I'll let you think. Yeah, because I like uh, them. Uh, I like a lot of them, but to to pull out favorites. Uh, okay, I, I can give you one more. The guy from Boston is an extremely okay. good, uh, Tom, Tom Scholes is an extremely good guitar player that uh, that I can admire his his work on just about anything they've ever done. That'd be that'd be that'd be in the top five anyway. Um, yeah, I mean he's uh, he's quite the he's quite the guitar player. Well, so uh, and did it all. Another one who could play leads, could play rhythms. Um, and let's, you know, Boston is a kind of group that, I mean, you either love them or don't get it at all. But the Tota, if you like them, you know, they're another band. It's not hard to tell if it's a group, if that's a Boston song or not. They kind no, of you can pick song. it out usually by the by the opening guitar lick. You yeah, can pick they've it got out. that you sound know. that's hard to, uh, hard to misplace as anybody else's. Uh, let's see. Um... Yeah, you because know, rock. To be honest, rock guitar players. There's there's a there's a hundred of them. You know, there's you know the, the guys from Def Leppard are both good, good guitar players. Um, name a hair band. Most of them have pretty good guitar players, but top five. Like I I like uh, the guy who plays for Kiss is a good guitar player, but I would say he would be a Ace top Freely? five. Yeah, I mean, no no time soon is he a top five guitar player though. Well, I'm not saying who do you think is the best. I'm saying who are your favorites. Well, no, even for but no, but even for me, I I wouldn't put them in my top five because uh, that's not. Um, it's really only one one sound, really. Yeah, uh, you know, same with Ang- same with Ang- with with Angus. I mean, okay, is, is AC? Yeah, I mean, he's good at that. But that's all he's ever done, so I don't know if. Uh, uh, and then I've never heard him ever play an acoustic, so not saying he can't, but never heard it. So you know, uh, I'll, I'll go, all right. I mean, I don't know how I ever forgot. I mean, Eddie Van Halen has to be on the list. God, clearly. And I like that. And I like Van Halen, so. Well, it's a different, uh, especially the, 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 the their very first couple of albums. Nobody was sounding like that. No one. He was doing things. Oh in no, the nobody could that, at the time. Yeah, he was doing things in the studio that nobody could or that anyone had thought of. You know, that's, I'm just going to turn this up here and tap this thing. Holy shit, that sounded pretty cool. And then if I do this, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty cool sound. So I mean, I'll give, uh, I'll put him on the list. Um, 
And then we got we got a bunch of, you know, kind of. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, while I'm not a big fan of that music, is still a good guitar player. Uh, the guy from... Uh, he's dead, the blind guy. Uh, fuck, what's his name? Jeff Healy. Don't know if you know him or not. Oh, yeah, Jeff was great. Okay, see, I mean, he was a great guitar player. Not even thrown in the blind thing into the equation, um, uh, a sound that you just knew uh, when he, you know, his songs. You just you know them. You know that's him playing. Yeah. You Don't know, forget about Prince either. Prince was one of the all-time greats, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Prince. Prince was a. I don't know where to put Prince because you know he's another one. He gets the musical genius tag, and and he should. Um, maybe I, I'm not the biggest fan of Prince music, so for me it's hard to give him that tag. But but I understand why people. Well, uh, my thing with Prince is even if you don't like the music, you know, even if you think the music's garbage, which I don't, I love his music. You got to give the man credit for being able to play twenty some instruments, and he can on a lot of his albums. If it doesn't say Prince in the Revolution, if it just says Prince, he played every instrument yeah, on the that's album. Just him. So yeah, no, to me, I mean, that's you know, I'll give credit where yeah, credit where credit is due. And there's, I mean, there again, we're we're talking about another artist. Whether love him or hate him, you can probably sing uh, Little Red Corvette or Where Doves Fly, or you at least can sing one or two of them. Do love me some Little Red Corvette? You've heard the songs before. <laughs> I, I've always been a bigger fan of uh, Let's Go Crazy. I like that and, one too. Let's go crazy, and uh, we're going to party like it's 1999. Yeah. Purple Rain. Maybe it should have been Nate Bush as, as Prince instead of Michael Jackson. I love Prince. I love Michael Jackson, too, so no hate towards Michael. See, uh, Nate Bush all decked out in a purple. I will say this Little about Jack. Michael Jackson. I like Thriller. I think Thriller's a great album, but I think his other album, I think I think Thriller's a little overrated sometimes. Um, like, the song, the, the song for me that works the most for Michael Jackson is not is actually Billy Jean for me. That's a good. I song. like Billy Jean, but man, there's something about Rock with Me all night. Man, that song is killer. Pyt all night. Pretty young thing. I'm gonna love you. I like Pyt and I like. uh, There's just some good. He's just got so many good ones. Like and actually another one that I actually like even more that I don't know that anybody likes all that much is uh, Dirty Diana. Yeah, that's a good one. Which is a different kind of thing for him. Actually, it's a little edgier. Um. I mean, there again, say what you want about Michael Jackson, love him, hate him, think he was gay, think he was a child molester, whatever. Um, cannot deny some Can't kind deny of talent, talent going on there somewhere. Yeah, Can't. whether you like Can't it or not. It. Yeah, um, had some skills. With whether that was your kind of thing or not is another question, but uh, definitely, well, you know, 150 million people can't be wrong. It's too no, many to be. But uh, yeah, it's too it many to be. Players, when it comes to guitar players, look, since you're having trouble, you can't narrow it down to just five. Yeah, I got too many. Um, 
I'll go ahead and and I'll start here because um, I've I've got too many. I may end up going more than five, but uh, I'm going to name a, a a musician you have no clue and you will never you won't know unless I send you a clip. And that's Dave Nudson of a band called Minus the Bear. They uh, this dude has influenced the world of tapping. He nobody can tap like this guy since Eddie Van Halen. This dude has changed the way tapping is done on guitars and. The group minus the bear is a is a favorite of mine. I've seen them multiple times, and I'll send you a song by them, and why, uh, you have to let me know never, if you like. Why do I why do I not know who they are? If this guy's so good. They're more newer and more alternative. Oh, okay. You won't oh, know. So them, trust stole, me. They haven't. So they're not. A, they're not a band from here. What is it? He stole the technique. In other words. Well, let's just say he took the technique <laughs> and he improved on it. That's, he has refined it, has he? Refined it. And Somebody's got to do it, of, I guess. Yeah, he, they, they're a fantastic group, and I absolutely love their music. Uh, another guitar player that I absolutely love, I'm not even going to limit myself to five. I can't. I can't just go five. No, so I'm I, bringing I my own. Either. I, couldn't, I couldn't do um, 20 probably. I'm going anyway. to go to Steely Dan and Walter Becker. Uh, that dude is so good when it came to using jazz chords. And being able to play guitar, uh, rest in peace, Walter. But man, Steely Dan loved the the guitar riffs and just everything that dude can do on a guitar was just oh so good. And clearly Van Halen, you got to put Eddie Van Halen. He's you know he's so good at what he does. I uh, love Van Halen. Uh, I'm a big fan of Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits. If I'm pronouncing his name right. Mark, Mark Doppler, yeah. Yeah, I, I really uh, like he finger picks. Uh, He's a finger picker, man. Just the things that he can do. Hold. and He might be a good guitar player, I won't argue that, but Dire Straits themselves, severely overrated, in my opinion. Listen, if you can put out a song like Sultan's a Swing, then you're good with me. That's all I need. Because that song is amazing, and there's no other song that sounds like it. None. Um. Then... Kirk Hammett from Metallica, because that was the band that got me into music, um, which I get to see uh, in March, and I'm incredibly excited about that. Like, I can't even begin to explain how excited I am to see them. You're going to be uh, so excited. I might. John Frusciante from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, I think oh, he is okay. Now, wow. Now, here I, here I draw the line. Uh, okay. I find this is a band for me that is nothing but noise. I disagree. I, I, I just them. cannot stand what the thing is about them. I just, I just their don't early get it. stuff. I can see that their early stuff where they dive into the uh, the funk. Uh, I'm not super. Give it super away! Crazy give it away! Give it away now! See, I'm not crazy about that song. I'm really not. Yeah, but that one don't work for me. And if you give me, uh, you know, give me a round the world of one that I can stand. Uh, Under the bridge was a great song. Californication, uh, Zephyr song, all around the world I really liked. Uh, some other ones. Snow was good. Danny California. Mm-hmm. Their later Danny stuff I liked yeah. better. 
Like honestly, I like their later stuff better than I do their yeah, early I stuff. Just, like the funk, that's a band for the me funk that, rock thing was never my thing. The adventures, the adventures of Rain Dance, Maggie, Monarchy of Roses was really good. So there's a lot sure. of songs out there by them. Like Venice Queen is another good one that, that it's really underrated. Uh, yeah. But oh, man, for Shantae, for Shantae's guitar that work that is, is so good. That is a band for Scar me that just, I just, uh, I, got, I, I got nothing there. I'm going to have to respectfully not put them on my list. Oh, you don't have to. This is my list, motherfucker. Well, you can keep them on yours uh, as long as you like, but <laughs> that's, just a, that's, a, that's a band I can't. I can't come to terms with. And clearly, you know, Alex Lifeson, I'm going to put him on there because I'm a huge Rush fan, and Alex is a fantastic guitar player. Uh, underrated, in my opinion. I think Alex Lifeson's very underrated. Uh, he's, some of the things he's, I would agree. He's underrated. The band is overrated. <laughs> no, sir. You watch your dick liquor, all right? Well, see, <laughs> I mean, there again, though, that's the Canadian because we get bombarded with it. I'm sure you guys okay, do yes. get bombarded with them, but living in West Virginia, yeah, Rush yes, is not exactly a band jumping off the playlist. Yeah, we know Rush is, is a okay, but we don't need to hear them every time anything about Canada comes up. We don't need to hear a Rush song, and that's what you get here. Sort of like I guess well, if you live in the states and you and you live in New Jersey and you'd swear to God the only musician who was ever born there was Springsteen, <laughs> and it's just like okay, it's not that we hate Springsteen, it's just there yeah. are other bands here besides him. That's all. And he's not it's the like only guy to ever West, come it's out like of this state. Live, it's like if you live in West Virginia and you're tired of hearing about fucking Brad Paisley. There have been others, you know. But Brad is Brad is well, he's Brad. How can you how can you not love Brad? Like when it comes to famous people from West Virginia, we don't have many. <laughs> we really don't. Well, we've got. Uh, I can't say if I was to. Trying to think of somebody famous from where I, Grand Prairie, I probably couldn't come up with anybody. Well, we've got. Uh, I'm trying to think here. We've got Brad Paisley, is is probably one of the big Jerry West, um, uh, Don Knotts from the Andy Griffith Show. Don Knotts, okay, uh, well there, that's a pretty big name, to be honest. <laughs> I love Don Knotts. <laughs> Give me some. Yeah, he's, company, uh, he's Don from Knotts. West. He's from West Virginia. Uh, I'm trying to think. Give me some Mr. Fairley. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey lived in West Virginia for a while. Yeah. I don't know if he was born here, but he did make residence here for a long time. Uh, mm, trying to think here. Where's my mother when you need her? She's got a list of famous West Virginia. Mother Bush. Oh, uh, Heath Slater. Heath Slater from West Virginia. Uh, current WWE superstar. Jamie Noble, uh, former WWE superstar. Uh, and well, prob- and probably then I'm gonna. Then I'm laying claim to all the hearts. Then go ahead. You you've earned it. <laughs> no, we don't want them. <laughs> but um, I don't want any of them? Oh, and I'll take maybe. But Soupy Sales. Soupy Sales was from West Virginia. Yeah, that is. Get kind you of reaching out. Soupy Sales. You remember yeah. him? Fuck yeah. my line. Bum comedian. Yeah. Yeah, really. But uh, anyway, much. back to guitar player. Um, of course, Alex Lifeson I love. Jimi Hendrix I'm a big fan of. And nope. Johnny Greenwood. Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. Uh, do love me some, some Johnny Greenwood. So I was trying to think of somebody in the country end of things. But I wasn't coming up with much. Because they don't really 
you know, the guitar doesn't really ever carry the song in the country genre, really. So uh, I was trying to think of anybody who I could say, okay, well, they're a really good guitar player, but I really couldn't come up with anyone, to be honest. Although there's got to be some, but... Like Garth Brooks, he's yeah, a guitar really, player. Yeah, I, I can't lay any info on that. Um, I have seen Keith Urban play his guitar, and he's not a bad guitar player for a guy who's He's a good guitar a singer, player, and I hate, to, I hate singer, to bring him up, so, but Brad Paisley's a damn good guitar player. Whether he's a good, you know, whether you like his music or not, he's a damn good guitar player. And then I was, so, and then I was trying to go, I was trying to leave the rock genre. You know, I'm trying to think of somebody in the. I mean, and I'm sure there are plenty of great blues and jazz guitarists. I just don't know their names. Oh, they're not jazz. We could be here all day when it comes to jazz guitarists. If you just go through a list, because jazz is such a tough. That's why I went with Walter Becker. He's a good jazz guitar player. Uh, what the hell is his name? There's Joe a couple of flamenco, flamenco players or classical guitarists, I guess you'd call them. Oh, yeah. If you want to go really uh, technical, of, you can go with uh, you can go with Yingwei Malmsteen. You know, guys like that. Yeah, Yingwei never did it for me. He just plays really fast. Me either. Which I guess I never, I never got crazy about him either. No, I never really like. Okay, yes, yeah, so, all right. They give him a guitar and he can play the shit out of it. Fine, but the music, like when he was inside of a song, never. Like I don't want any Wingy Malmsteen albums. Or um, who's the other one? Joe Satriani's another one. I mean, yeah, can he can he play really fast and lots of notes? Yep. But okay, so what though? Give me a song. What about Joe Bonamassa? You a fan of Joe Bonamassa? I've yeah, he's all right. I've I've heard some of his stuff. He, I mean, I can't deny he's got some skills. No two ways around that. Actually, you know who's a really good guitar player? And this you probably never ever heard of her. Um, is Orianzi yeah. is her name. She's an Australian. She's an Australian Greek guitar player. She was actually pegged to um, fill the spot on the uh, Michael Jackson on the This Is It tour before he died. She was going. I to saw be, she her. Would have, I saw that. She yeah, if he solo. hadn't have di- if he hadn't have died, and they'd have pulled that tour off, everybody would know her name. She would be a huge fucking star. But he died, and then that died, and so she had a couple of minor hits on her own. But because uh, she can do, yeah, I uh, saw the you, I saw the movie, and I really like. She was wailing. Yeah, if you want to hear something good, uh, she plays. Um, uh, she played a Jimi Hendrix tribute concert somewhere. It's on YouTube. If you just type in Orianti Jimi Hendrix, you'll get her playing. Uh, uh, what is the song? Um, shit. Uh, the one that Hogan no, used for that his one. entry. Voodoo Child? Yeah. She plays Voodoo Child, and it's like, holy shit. This broad can... She could play. And being female... Well, speaking of Jimmy another... Hendrix tributes, what about... Uh, if you're saying Jimmy Hendrix, what about uh, John Mayer? Um... You know, if you yeah, if you could if you could erase the John Mayer part of him, <laughs> just, just let me hear the guitar. I'd probably be okay with it. 
John Mayer would just stop being John Mayer for fucking two minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, could the guy be any more greedy when it comes to the poon? He really is. I mean, that bastard just, he just has to conquer whatever pink is within distance. He just can't help himself, that fella. Is it the fact that we're, is it the fact that we're mad that he does it, or is it the fact that we're jealous that he does it? Uh, It's the fact he can do it. Yeah, it's the fact that he can and we can. I think that's our problem. Well, and more to the point, like, well, no, because if I was, uh, you know, whatever my flavor of the day was, if I was capable of getting them, I would only need to get the one, and I'd be fine. But John goes and gets the one, and that's not good enough anymore. Then you got to go get another one, and another one, and another one. And he's never satisfied. That's the part that pisses me off. I mean, why, why aren't you happy with that first one you got? Like, what's wrong with you? He don't want that one. He wants the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Had it, done it. Must, then they're done that, got the T-shirt. I mean, because I, like, I had this conversation with Tom off air, um, and he kind of, he says, he, it was funny because we were talking, it was about Taylor Swift, and I said, I would fuck Taylor Swift smart, and he <laughs> Boy, was silent, a while. yeah, he was silent for a minute, and then he says, well, that's, you know, that's a lot of fucking, and I said, indeed, and he says, isn't she kind of young, and I said, she's 27 years old. Not, she's not a kid anymore, not even close. Somebody needs to take that little girl and well, give mine. her a reason to stop. Yeah, she she needs to be taken and given a reason to stop acting like a brat and grow up. And Christ, like I said, it's, I mean, it's five or six years ago that she was singing about feeling 22. I mean, she's, yeah, she's been around, but she's not a kid anymore. He was all he was feeling uncomfortable. He said, "Well, I got a daughter her age." I said, "No, you don't. She's older than that. She's just hiding. You know, she's just one of those ones that she keeps pursuing that image of the high school girl next door, and it's mm-hmm. kind of stuck to her. And she still can pull off, you know, looking that age or close anyway. That you, you don't give her a second look. But yeah, I mean, she's. I'm sure she's at least. I'm pretty sure she's 26." Coming twenty-seven. She's old enough to. Mm, let me look. Uh, and if not, she's she's certainly twenty-five, and that's old enough too. To, I mean, nobody would bat a eyelash at a twenty-five-year-old. Taylor Christ, Swift is twenty-eight. She's older than me. Come, she's twenty-eight, coming twenty-nine. She'll be twenty-nine. Yeah, in she's December. older than me. She's got me by okay, four so, months. All right, so Taylor Swift is fair game to make dirty sexual jokes about all day long. <laughs> Swifty, the bar listen, has been set. I listen to a I listen to a podcast where they don't like her, and they call her Tadolf Switler. <laughs> That's funny. Which I have to admit, I thought was fucking amazing. Who came up with Tadolf Swittler? That's, <laughs> That's <just> awesome. <laughs> That's so funny. And you know, we here on yeah, White Men Can't Jump have a very, we have a very, very dark sense of humor about a lot of things that we can't really get into, but we really do. <laughs> well, the, in that case, it was the, because she's, you know, was a, a child star and kind of has a cult following. 
where you know there's a certain I segment like her of music. her audience. Like, I can't get into it. Autumn loves her, but, I, but there's I'm a certain a there's a certain segment of her audience that if she told them at a concert to go jump off a fucking cliff, a couple thousand sheep would go and do it. There's a couple podcasts uh, because like that, but be, we won't because go Taylor there. Swift said so. Not because we thought it was a good idea or anything. It's just well, Swifty told us to do it, so you know we must be loyal fans of the Swifty. And that's where the Tate off Swift. Any relation gets, so. to Swifty Flanagan? Swifty Flanagan, maybe. Because for <laughs> me, she, she's got two songs that I that I can stomach. One of them is that uh, I'm feeling 22, because I can at least get the vibe from that and why young people would like it, and it is a little bit kind of catchy. And uh, the one that makes me laugh uh, is that we are never ever getting back together, because that one just makes me giggle because it's so teenish that. It hurts, and you know, and they pan the during the video. They pan the audience, and you can see, you know, the fourteen-year-old girls are singing it, and beside them is their mom. You know, their thirty-five-year-old mom is belting it out, and that just makes. Oh yeah, laugh. the moms love it. <laughs> Which leads me to another the same uh, same podcast where they used to talk about that her opposite was um, Robert Pattinson. Oh and Jesus. That, Okay, and that the, 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 the guy said, you know, my hope for him is that when he goes to these uh, Twilight conventions and shit, you know, I hope he's not banging the 16-year-olds because Lord knows there are plenty of 30-year-old mothers there that would just, you know, like to make him shimmer. Oh, I'm sure. Like, oh, my God. Are, are you as happy as I am that the Twilight fad is over oh, for the most part? You know, I have oh, never... We had ignored it and ignored it and ignored it. And then one day we were sitting there, that's about four or five years ago, the old yeah. lady and I, and she said, you know, let's let's watch one of these things and let's see what the fucking fuss is all about. And we ended up watching them all, but out of sheer, you know, like train wreck quality more than, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> Just, you know, and it's, okay, we have this ultra-confused Kristen Stewart who, depending on how they've got her made up on the show, might be a boy, might be a girl. You're not sure. You know, she's got that ambiguous kind of look about her most of the time. And yet somehow, she's madly in love with a vampire in 12 seconds for no apparent reason, but also in love with Wolf Boy, who at least spent some time with her, etc., etc., etc. And yet somehow her heart chooses Vampire Boy, and we basically have, what, four movies, five movies? I don't know, I think it's four movies. Something like that, I don't even know. Ten hours of fucking ridiculousness so that she can become a vampire. That's really the story. Not really. Yeah, and here's the thing. She's in high school, okay? She's yeah. in high school. And, and this dude is a hundred and like twenty four thousand years old or some shit. Yeah, and and at least Wolf Boy is her age, or close. Oh, man, I watched. Where's I watched. I watched two of those movies. I watched the first one, and then I went to the movies with a female many many moons ago, and watched the second one, and I ne- never again. Oh my god. Ugh. Well, I will say that watching them in the comfort of my own home with my significant other, um, luckily she's not a girly girl, and she found it as ridiculous as I did, so we basically sat there and tore the movies apart, you know, because there's 
several places where you could drive a semi truck through the plot holes and and or you oh, go, God, okay, yeah. what what just happened there? You go, what? Well, I thought didn't he just say they couldn't do that? And didn't they just all do that? <laughs> what what the fuck? And they, they just you know the straw, they just plow along. the straw that broke the the straw that broke the camel's back for me, and this is this was sure blasphemy was the the part where the vampires step out into the sunlight and they sparkle. Holy shit. Holy shit. I thought I was going to rip a seat up. I said, hell no. No, it doesn't work that way. Motherfuckers, who did this? You're fired. Get the fuck out of here. That goes against all vampire logic. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You're doing a fantasy movie, I get that. It's a vampire movie, and I understand the fact that you're looking at it through a different way. But there's some code you can't break. (laughs) You know, does that make sense? Even in fantasy world, even in the world of, even in the Matrix, you can't do these things. And son of a bitch, you know why though, right? Why they they shimmer? They shimmer because. They shimmer because the vampire boys are so hot that when they take their shirts off, the 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 humidity in the room goes up a couple points if there's any females there because they get moist. Did you happen? And that makes for the speaking of Robert that makes Pattinson, for the shimmer his, effect. And his horrible acting. Have you seen the movie Remember Me? Have you um, seen that? I'm not sure. You would have to refresh me on plot. I have seen them in a couple what? other it's, things. It's a chick flick. It's a chick flick. Okay, let's just say that. But it yeah, has the biggest chick flicks. It has the biggest cop out ending in the history of cop out endings. Spoiler mm. alert for all those out there. Robert Pattinson. At this end of this movie, I and I can't remember if he gets with the girl or whatever. I think he does. He goes to work. And he walks into this building, and he goes up, and it starts panning back, and the date flashes up on the screen. He works at the World Trade Center, and it's 9-11-01, and that's the end of the movie. Oh, so you're left... What you're a left fucking wondering whether out. You're left wondering I mean, I, whether he survived, didn't survive. I was kind of hoping you that have he to did, assume, truth be told. You have to assume that he died. But a yeah, part of you could maybe can maybe hold on to that he didn't. I guess. What a fucking cop out ending though. What a fucking horrible okay, ending. Okay, well I can't remember. The I've seen him that wasn't it wasn't that one. I'm looking at that one now. It wasn't that one. But I saw him in something else and it was just like, dude, I hope you saved your Twilight money. Yeah, me too. <laughs> if you didn't, you aren't never gonna make a whole lot doing this for a living. I hate to break it to you. Because you're just not. At really least that the vampire. Bad. At least the vampire guy. Uh, at least he was in Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Shark Boy and Lava Girl, that big money maker. I never watched it, but still, he was in it. Uh, I'm trying to see here what else he was. Okay, so pre pre Twilight, he was in the Harry Potter movie, two of the Harry Potter movies. But probably never oh, was he? a whole lot for those. Yeah, in, in parts that I've never heard of. So, uh, Twilight, I watched Twilight. Of, I've watched all of three of those. 
Okay, I did watch him in Lost, The Lost City of Z, but that's almost a almost a documentary. It it isn't, but it is based on a true story and set in the jungle. He's not bad in there, but he's playing an up uptight British guy. So I mean, he's just not really acting that much. I haven't seen that. Uh, he has upcoming. He has science fiction movie called High Life with a bunch of people I've never heard of. Uh, the Lighthouse, which is a black and white dark fantasy horror film. Nobody wants to watch a film in black and white. Uh, and The King. Yeah, clerks. Clerks. Uh, okay, but that was 25 years ago. Did, did you, read, did you see they're, they're making... Uh, they're going to make another one of those. Cool. They're finally going to. Kevin Smith, going for, Kevin Smith uh, needs to write the ship. He needs to write the ship. Yeah, He's he, been kind of on a losing streak here for a while. Well, he went off and he made movies for him. He, he wasn't making them for anybody to come watch them. But uh, yeah, he, uh, rumor is they're making Mallrats two, and Clerks three, and Jay and Silent Bob two. He wants to do those before he dies. That's his goal. You know, Small rats. Small rats has got that cult-like following, and it, it, it's not bad, but I think it's a little overrated. Where clerks, I really like clerks. Um, clerks, and I really, the one that I really liked was Dogma. I really liked Dogma. Yeah, Dogma took. But, a, I mean, because it's about what it's about. It it was never going to be more than yeah. a cult hit, but but it's, you know, it's no, I'm really a big, good. Uh, I'm a big. I used to be a huge fan of his, but when he started, uh, when he switched to the twenty-four-seven stoner thing, uh, yeah. he lost me. Yeah, he lost me. Did you me watch? And, uh, uh, did you watch the movie? Did you watch Tusk? Yeah, most one? of it. It was weird. Yeah, Damn, that was. weird. It was a little too weird. And yet, Red State, the one before that, I liked that the, one. That one was all right. I didn't mind that. I don't I know where really that movie. I really liked that. Should have done better. Um, it should have, but it was a remake. Well, and if it hadn't had his name attached to it, if that if it's Red State by Quentin Tarantino, that movie makes millions. Yeah. But well, see, I, I thought he did a great job with it. I really liked it. I thought it it, didn't, it was a good, just a good, uh, a good movie. Well, it was a shot. Speaking of Tarantino, the, go ahead, finish your point. But I do want to talk Tarantino when you get the chance. It was a, it was an underground shot at the. Uh, uh, the uh, Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and it was well had, done. Had, uh, he had had several Twitter conversations and then met the uh, two daughters in real life. And it was quite. He said he was quite convinced that the one daughter really wanted to have a threesome with him and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Back when Kevin Smith was funny. That's funny. Um, all right, but anyway, what about, um, what about Tarantino? Tarantino? What about him? You a fan? You not a fan? What do you think? Um, I'm a fan of some, and others leave me scratching my head. It depends. What's your favorite? Um, I, I, I really like the, uh, uh, what the fuck is it called? The one that's up in the um, fact. I can't remember the name of it. The one that's up set the up in the in the north. Oh, um Hateful Eight? The Hateful Eight, yeah. I liked that one. I liked it. I liked uh I was a big fan. I liked uh 
Unglorious, Unglorious, Inglorious Bastards, whatever it was. I like that one. Love that one. Love that one. Um, and then it depends. It shit starts to get weird for me. Some of his stuff talks to me, and some of it doesn't. Uh, I got a kick out of. Uh, I, I want to say it's called Eight Rooms, or Four Rooms, or something like that. He's in I don't it. Think I've seen that big, one. It's it's vignettes where they're about a half hour long. About shit that's going mm, okay. down in a hotel, shit that's going down in a hotel, and he's in the last okay. one. It's it's fuck yeah, it's totally fucked up. You have to have a bizarre, very strange sense of humor to enjoy it. But see, guilty as have you seen the? Uh, well, judged. clearly we've all seen. Everybody's seen Pulp Fiction for the most part. Uh, what do you yeah, think of Pulp I, Fiction? Uh, it's okay. I I don't know. It's yeah, I love somewhere. it. All right. It's all right. Yeah, I don't hate it or anything. I'm not sure it's this holy fuck moment as some other people do, but but it's all right. I, I, I liked I it. Uh, really liked Jackie Brown. I thought that was one that was really underrated. I don't know if I've ever seen him. that or not. You should watch it. It's really good. Mm, trying to think of, like, the Kill Bills you can keep. Uh, you know, I like the first one. Really... I watched the first one. I liked the first one, but I never saw the second one. And actually, I take the Hateful Eight was all right, but actually, the one before that is the one I is my favorite. Django Unchained Django, really worked for me. Django Unchained, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that really worked for me. Yeah, I like Django. I have to it was say, a good one. I really enjoyed that movie. It made me laugh. It made me scratch my head. Uh, well, that's really that's all he's got, except for and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is his new one. Um, Reservoir Dogs. Don't forget Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, see, I'm not really. It's a, it's a okay, but like I'm I'm not sure. Like you know, the genius tag. Eh, I don't know. Maybe going a bit far on. He that, did. Uh, let's see. He did. Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, uh, Kill Bill One and Two. Death Proof. Death Proof. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Uh, that was a Grindhouse movie. It was one. Of, it was like a two part. He did one with Robert Rodriguez. Uh, okay, and he I did Django. It, but, uh, it has my mortal enemy Rose McGowan in it. I can't watch it. <laughs> um, it's Tom and T R and I's mortal enemy is uh, Rose McGowan. I can see that. Uh, Django. He did Inglorious came out first, then Django, then. Hateful Eight, and you know I really like the Hateful Eight. You know the part of the movie. I'm going to run this by you. I don't know if you've read this. I read this. Tarantino, boy, they got into some shit during that movie. Um, so you know the part. You know the part where the woman is playing the the guitar, and um, Kurt Russell grabs it and breaks it. You remember that? Oh, where Jennifer, where Jennifer Jason Lee is playing the guitar. Yeah, yeah, she's playing the guitar, and Kurt Russell uh, breaks the guitar and right, like throws it down and all that. You remember that, that scene? Problem. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Well, that guitar was uh, on loan from Martin. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. I'll read you the story. It says here, 
they destroyed the 145-year-old priceless instrument that Dick Vogt, director of the Museum of Martin, uh, says the company was not aware of. In the film, Kurt Russell grabs a guitar, played by Jennifer Jason Lee, smashes it, eliciting horror. However, the smashed guitar was an authentic Martin from the 1870s, on loan from the Martin Guitar Museum, rather than one of the copies they had on hand for the shoot. We were informed that it was an accident on set. We amused that a scaffolding or something fell on it. We understand things happen, but at the same time, we can't take this lightly. All this about a guitar being smashed, being written into the script, and that somebody just didn't know the actor, didn't tell the actor, was new info to us. We didn't know anything about the script or Kurt Russell not being told it was a priceless, irreplaceable artifact from the Martin Museum. Yes, and I'm reading here that uh, everyone was pretty freaked out at the destruction, and Jennifer Lee's reaction on film is genuine, although Tarantino was seen in the corner of the room with a funny curl on his lips suggesting that perhaps he he did it on purpose, wanting to get the genuine reaction as opposed to the what he would get if he knew it was a fake one, which I wouldn't put past Quentin Tarantino. I put nothing past that guy, man. He is insane when it comes to movies. Not he really genius. comes up with some crazy shit. He was the one that uh, him and Smith used to be buddies, eh? Mm-hmm. And they were at a they were at a comic. Well, they're still buddies, but they used to be good buddies. And they were at a comic con, and uh, Kevin Smith had been taking some shit from some fanboys. Yeah, and he went and got some. He went and got some advice from Tarantino, and the next fanboy came up, and the question was, when are you going to make an original movie with some original characters that don't suck? Now, normally, Kevin was very diplomatic back in those days and would have kissed mm-hmm. the guy's ass, but he'd had enough, and after talking to Tarantino, he looks at the guy and he goes, uh, I'll get right on that as soon as I pull my cock out of your mother's ass. Oh! And the guy is like, you know, his eyes get big and he hits back with, my mother's dead. Smith looks at him and says, that's because I fucked her to death. Next. Oh, shit. And the guy, Damn. the guy walks. The guy starts to walk away, and he goes, "There we go, walking away." Oh, turning around, gonna be a tough guy. Never take on the guy with the microphone. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna watch. You know, watch this. I'm gonna make this guy feel stupid. Not go home and tell my girlfriend how tough I was at the Comic Con. Oh wait, I don't have a girlfriend. Oh, damn. Yeah, followed by followed by walking away, walking away. <laughs> Not, then he's like, next question. And the people are like, fuck. <laughs> Don't fuck what? with Kevin Smith anymore. And after why that. Would you do, like, why would you insult somebody like that? Like, son of a bitch. Why would you, yeah, I mean, why would you pay money? You know, at Comic-Con, you got to pay money to get into the room, buy a ticket to see somebody, and then go there to fucking throw shit at them. I guess the same reason people have Twitter accounts. Yeah, but that's free. Yeah, at least that's free. But the look on that free. guy's you can find that on uh you can find that online. That. Uh yeah, as soon Kevin as we Smith get done here, I'm, I'm watching that. 
I got yeah, it. Kevin that. Smith deals with heck, Heckler, and it is following. As soon as I'm done, I'll get right on that. As soon as I take my cock out of your mom's house. Well, holy fuck. <laughs> 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 I can imagine the look on my face if somebody would have told me that. And I went, oh, did I have that coming? Maybe I did. And if I did, that was pretty good. That's pretty nasty. That response reminds me. Have you ever watched the movie Basketball? Yes. Unfortunately, I'm I'm ashamed to say. Unfortunately, yes, you you crazy person. That movie is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's where they let the South Park boys go too far. <laughs> no, it did not. It was awesome. Yeah, no. They let it, it was go so good. Far. Now, if you want to see him go too far, I suggest you look up Orgasmo. Now, that's where they went too far. Yeah, well, that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole other level of stupid, though. That's total of self indulgence like there, but I like basketball. basketball. I thought it was hilarious. I mean, yeah, okay, it's it's stupidly funny. Yeah, I guess you could say. I mean, Jenny McCarthy's in it. Yasmine Bleeth, Dale Earnhardt. I haven't seen it in a long time. Well, yeah, okay, but I also I also thought that the the ballad of uh, Ricky Bobby was pretty funny. The Talladega Nights, but that's actually a pretty too. funny movie. I think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you won't hear me bitch about it. <laughs> Every time I I see that movie, my old lady then gives me shit for the next two days because all I say is "Baby Jesus." <laughs> I let Autumn make watch Jesus that. Cry. We turned it on. Autumn's never seen it, so I turned it on. Oh, and just like, it. it was on TV, and we were already part, really? part of the way through it. And uh, she Ricky got to that. To Ricky Bobby. <laughs> oh, you a horrible driver. You uh, perhaps Ricky Bobby? <laughs> How'd you get on a video game so quick? Him and, him and his buddy Cal. Uh <laughs> yeah, I mean it's another up. one where it's just it's just so fucking insanely stupid. Like, Don't let the invisible fire burn, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, what a movie! Damn it, John C. Riley. John C. Riley is amazing. Everything he does is, he is so a good. Fucking beautiful, a beautiful second banana. That guy. Have you seen the Dewey Cox story? Walk hard. Yeah, he's really good in that. Oh my God, that movie is is amazing. And uh, what's the other one? Step Step Brothers or something? That Step Brothers, in, they that did. Yeah, yeah. That, that's John C. Riley. John C. Riley did a movie with Jonah Hill. I don't know how you feel about Jonah oh, Hill. God. Some people like him, some people hate him. Oh my God, I like. Uh, see, him and Jonah Hill did a movie that was a little off the cuff. It's called Cyrus. John C. Riley starts dating this woman. And the woman he starts dating is John, Jonah Hill's mother, and Jonah Hill is a grown adult still living with her, and he has like issues with any guy dating his mom. <laughs> and it ends up, it's yeah, actually, good. dude, it's good. It's good. You should watch it. It was really like under the radar, and not a lot of people know about it. It's good though. Check it out if you get a chance. It's, it's funny. I, love, but I, I, I never mind. I like Jonah Hill in Superbad. I thought he was funny. Oh yeah, Superbad even though that awesome. movie, even though the movie has its moments and then kind of a few slow moments, but um, uh, I like but I, 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 like I particularly fell in love with him when I watched him on the James Franco roast. 
because oh, he yeah. was, his 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 shots at him were hilarious, and then he took some from the other people that were just fucking nasty, and he oh, laughed yeah. his ass off. He was one of those guys that, unless he was faking, but uh, uh, who was in that? Uh, Bill Hader from Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah, Bill Hader. And he and he instead of he he does uh, he goes as Hollywood. He's an old dressed yeah. up in a tracksuit like an like an old Jewish guy. You don't laugh at that. He's <laughs> just like. Before you say anything else, you're welcome. You're welcome, <laughs> Jonah Hill. You're welcome. Where else, like a where else, could a fat fuck like you sleep with the women you do and make the money you make? <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> have you seen uh, Have you seen the roast they did of of Bob Saget? Uh, part of it. Some of the God. roasts, like it depends. It depends it's really on who's doing the roasting, because some of them like they just try to be as gross as possible, and they don't know the guy really, and that's not yeah. as funny to me as like the James Franco roast. Everybody that's on there is actually friends of his, so when they're slamming them, the slams are kind of true, but they're coming from a good place, and it's funnier to me. Yeah, if that makes sense. Norm Macdonald was He's at the funny. roast of Bob Saget. And he got up and just told old dad jokes, like the worst jokes ever. They were so bad. They were so bad. And it was they were so bad that they they absolutely brought tears to my eyes. I laughed so hard. I could yeah, not take I, it. Yeah, I tell I, I can't watch that James Franco roast without laughing. It doesn't matter what part of it. I just it's all funny to me, and and he takes it like a. Because you know, he's half mad, James Franco, anyway, and they accuse him yeah. of being gay and taking cocks and you name it, and fucking big dumb stupid Seth Rogen, who isn't that funny but can be funny. He's funny. Oh yeah, he can be funny. It's it depends on what he's doing. But like, he didn't want to. Like I, I watched a podcast, well, a video cast with Bill Hader on it, and uh, he didn't want to do that. He says they a network phoned me and said, "Look, uh, we want you to host this James Franco uh, roast because we can't get anybody else to do it except these guys who are going to fucking tear him apart, and we don't really want that." So he kind of last he got all these guys together last minute, and they were all like, if you see the behind the scenes shots, everybody's nervous, nobody's tried out their material, and am I funny? Am I not funny? And it's bizarre to see what goes on in a, at a roast. That was just thought it was all right. The roast is about okay. You know we're gonna we're gonna roast Nate Bush. Tim, we need you to do yeah. seven minutes on Nate Bush, and you just made jokes about you know or whatever it was, and you just went there and did your thing. But <laughs> we should apparently not. We should book the roast of Tom Robinson. Oh God, can you imagine? Even if it's just <laughs> you and me, get, we could get Karen and Chris Gamuffa. Gamuffa, Muff would be oh on. Oh my yeah. God, this would be the greatest thing ever. And Armando. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if we could find somebody else who could do a stuttering Tom to come on. Oh God! <laughs> you imagine Tom's. Re- you imagine Tom's reaction to somebody else doing stuttering Tom talking about Tom. Yeah, that would be hilarious. 
Oh, God. The, the Friars Club Roast of Thomas Robinson. Wide Men Can't Jump presents the Roast of T.R. Well, you know what I thought of last night after we went off air? And okay. I don't know if I've heard anybody say it. And I don't know if I would say it to him either, but I'll say it because he's not on. And if he's listening, well, then he can comment later or whenever. Whenever we have mm-hmm. Naj on, no yeah. one has made the joke menage a trois. No one has went there. Why we haven't, have we? How could how could we not? I don't know. Especially when then I guess we one, don't want to offend our Especially when he phones in, and there's but... usually three of us. Like, yeah, normally. It wrote itself. Yeah, it wrote itself. I mean, I felt kind of dumb about that. But yeah, really. Really. Never really thought about it. Do you know who Richard Greco is? Name sounds familiar, yeah. Uh, 21 Jump Street. He was on 21 Jump Street with Johnny Depp. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a... I'm just throwing that name out there because you want to talk about a guy who did... who fucked over, tried to fuck with Hollywood and Hollywood fucked him and he disappeared. Wasn't Richard Greco in that uh, Night at the Roxbury movie? He might have been. <laughs> I think he was. He tried to uh, he tried to buck the system on Twenty One Jump Street and and uh, thought he was bigger than Mister Depp, who he may have been at that time. I don't really know, but uh, he wanted too much money, and Hollywood said, "Well, uh, no, you can play ball and have your job, or you can fuck off." And he fucked off, and they blacklisted his ass and. He never really did much after that, and he uh, makes his living doing doing paintings now that, to be honest, um, well, you could give your cat a paintbrush and a canvas, and your cat would reproduce similar work. <laughs> he was on uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's one of those, and he uh, also uh, he also was in a night at the Roxbury. He was idolized by Doug and Steve Butabi. <laughs> those knee, those neck jerking dancers. But yeah, he's uh, he was in a lot of stuff here there for yeah, a while. He, he, he was a big. He's he like he, van- he vanished. And then, and he then vanished so. from night. To, he vanished for ten years. <laughs> as as. As Bill Hader said when he was playing Hollywood and t- talking to James Franco, uh, unless you want to r- end up like Richard Greco, you squinty-eyed fuck, play ball or you're gone. <laughs> well, Tim, we've got about 90 seconds to go here. I've never heard anybody so call we better start winding. squinty-eyed fuck. <laughs> we better start winding down, but this is okay, well, our continuation. Let's... Of the Let's podcast not forget, though, nothing. you have homework, right? You will Very much go so. to the Tim and Tom show. Everybody out there has homework. You'll go to the Tim and Tom show, fast forward to the 40th minute, and listen to that stunning piece of art about Mr. Nate Bush and uh, I will, Paul I Rubens. Will go there. Played. I will go there as soon and, as we get off the air. And then you have to go listen to, uh, what the hell else were you going to go listen to? Uh, fuck, no, I can't even I remember. <laughs> well, as long as, well, as oh, long the as you, uh, Voodoo Child, the Voodoo Child cover. Oh yes, Voodoo Child, and then uh, and then if you want to spin, spin Bill Hader as Hollywood, that's worth the, that's worth a lesson. Yeah, I have to check and, that uh, out. You're yeah. going to send me this link, and I'm going to go and listen to this guitar player that's supposed to impress me. Minus the bear, yeah, I'll send you that too. Yeah, 
Uh, and uh, there, yeah. we, there we go. 30 seconds. Your floor 30 is yours. 30 seconds. Sir. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll have a new episode of Wide Men Can't Jump up on Wednesday, uh, hopefully with Tom and myself. And we've got a few guests lined up, so it should be a good show. Uh, we'll be talking more hoops. And then the Tim and Tom show will be back this week, I'm sure. And who knows when Tim and I will jump on here and just start shooting the shit again. Forget, who knows? Uh, don't forget to look for that Tid album on iTunes, everyone. Yes, check it out. This is Tim and Nate. Everybody have a good day. Later. Peace.